What a journey it has been. We started way back five videos ago with the preterite versus the imperfect rule of thumb. Remember that? The rule of thumb tells us when we want to say stuff like I worked, we use the preterite tense. When we say stuff like I was working or I used to work, we use the imperfect tense. Then in the next four videos, we covered all the regular conjugations. First the preterite, regular AR conjugation, then regular ER and IR conjugation together. Second, the imperfect Perfect. Again, AR conjugation, then regular ER and IR conjugation together. ER and IR verbs conjugate exactly the same in both the preterite and the imperfect tenses. Now, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and in wrestling, we would call all that, the first five past tense videos I made, we would call that the undercard. Well, gringos and gringas, it is now time for the main event, a gringo grudge match. In one corner, we have perhaps the most complicated tense in the history of Spanish, accompanied by countless irregular verbs, this is the preterite tense. And the opponent, a much simpler tense, accompanied by only three irregular verbs, here is the imperfect tense. Hola, soy Jordan, and this is a Spanish quickie. Fast, easy Spanish lessons from somebody who speaks your language. Okay, hopefully it's obvious by now. In today's video, we're gonna compare the preterite tense and imperfect tense in real life. Now, if I were a normal Spanish teacher or pretty much any Spanish book, this is the time to start getting all technical on you. I could give you three different rules for when to use the preterite. I could smother you with over 10 different rules for when to use the imperfect. I could show you words to look out for when you see this word, use the preterite. When you see that word, use the imperfect. But you would soon run into something we call real life. Rules being broken, words that are supposed to signal the preterite, but are often also used with the imperfect. You see, the rules are nice to know, I guess, but they're also very confusing. Not only is there a lot of them, but they're not really rules even. Or at the very least, they're rules that are broken a lot. So if a bunch of rules in a book aren't the way to learn how to use the past tenses correctly in real life, what is? Well, real life is not real real life, fake real life, a TV show, Orange is the New Black, the show on Netflix. Don't worry if you've never seen it, you'll still understand everything perfectly fine. What I did was I went through the first episode of the second season and wrote down all the quotes that included the past tense. So I played the episode in English, wrote down what the actor or actress really said, and I had the Spanish subtitles turned on and I also wrote down what those said. So in this lesson, I'll be giving you examples from the show involving the past tense. Then in the free practice worksheet below, it's the same thing. You have 25 quotes from the show in English with the Spanish translation and you have to circle the correct conjugation, the preterite or the imperfect. Okay, a few important notes. This is fake real life. This is how it works in real life for sure. These sentences aren't made of only past tense verbs. They have everything. There's the future in there, the conditional, the subjunctive, stuff you probably don't know yet, plus the present, which you probably do. But in this video and the free practice worksheet below. We don't care about that stuff. Just ignore it. You'll see the sentence in English along with the Spanish translation so you'll know what's being said for sure. All we're focusing on in this lesson is the past tense conjugations. Do you use the preterite or the imperfect? So you'll be seeing examples that when translated into Spanish use the preterite tense and I'll explain exactly why they use the preterite tense. You'll see other sentences that use the imperfect tense and again I'll explain why. Then my favorite kind of sentences because to me this is when it's the clearest. You'll 
you'll be seeing examples that use the preterite and imperfect tenses, both tenses in the same sentence. That happens a lot. This lesson is all about practicing what you already learned, putting it all to use in fake real life. So it goes without saying, if you don't know your conjugations very well, if you can't immediately see the difference between a verb conjugated in the preterite tense and a verb conjugated in the imperfect tense, you won't get this lesson nearly as much. But I'll only be using examples with regular verbs since I only made videos about regular verbs. My premium course, Verb Conjugation Bootcamp Past Tense Edition, goes through all the irregular conjugations and has a whole module called Life Lessons with tons of examples that include the irregular verbs. If you're serious about Spanish, that's the way to go for sure. The link is below this video. Now, I'm gonna get to the examples in just a second, but first, I wanna tell you something that I wish somebody told me 15 years ago. It would have saved me a lot of frustration and embarrassment. This is how I personally still determine if I need to use the preterite or the imperfect. The past tense. When do we use the past tense? We use the past tense when we're telling a story in some way, right? When else do we use the past tense? So in Spanish, when we're telling a story and we want to say what happened in the past, we use the preterite tense. When we want to say how things were, we use the imperfect. I'm going to say that again, then we'll get to the examples and this will become crystal clear. We use the past tense when we're telling stories. When we want to say what happened, we use the preterite. When we want to say how things were, we use the imperfect. Now, let's go to the examples from Orange is the New Black, season two. Let's start with a real simple one. The main character in the show is Piper and she's in jail. A guard comes to transfer her to a new jail and asks her if she has to go to the bathroom. She said no or ignored them and the guard said, remember that I asked. In Spanish, they translated that to, recuerda que te pregunté. Now, I can't stop to explain everything in all these examples. That would take all day and that's not our mission anyway. Remember, right now, all we care about is when the preterite is used, when the imperfect is used, and why. Everything else is for another day. Look at that sentence. It should be obvious that the preterite is being used. Pregunté is the first person singular conjugation of preguntar in the preterite tense. Remember that I asked? Recuerda que te pregunté. But why did the subtitle people choose the preterite here and not the imperfect? Well, this is a textbook example of the preterite for a couple reasons. The rule of thumb tells us when we say something like I asked in English, we use the preterite tense in Spanish. So in this case, the rule of thumb would have gotten you to the correct form of preguntar. But more importantly, what's going on in this sentence? The guard asked Piper. What happened? The guard asked Piper. It's an action that took place at a specific moment. It's what happened. Do you feel that? It'll become clearer and clearer as you see more examples. Remember that I asked is recuerda que te pregunté. That's almost an exact translation. That means more remember that I asked you. Translations are rarely exact. Okay, next example. Piper is sleeping in her jail cell and the guards come in to wake her up by yelling her name. She says, what? I'm up. In Spanish, that was translated to, que? Ya me levanté. Again, this is the preterite tense. Me levanté is the first person singular conjugation of levantarse in the preterite tense. I want you to notice something here. The English is in the present tense. What? I'm up. The Spanish is in the past tense. What? I already got up. This is a good example to show you there are usually multiple ways to translate a sentence and retain exactly the same meaning. In this example, what, I'm up, means the same thing as what, I already got up, right? Do you agree? Well, the subtitle people simply chose one translation over the other. Both could have been used here. So in English, Piper said, what, I'm up. Then in Spanish, they used the form, what, I already got up, and that's in the past tense. And they used the preterite for this one, not the imperfect. But why did they use the preterite? Just like with our last example, this is a textbook use of the preterite tense for two reasons. One, got up, the rule of thumb 
Bloom tells us for forms like that, use the preterite. I was getting up or I used to get up would be the imperfect. But more importantly, got up is clearly a physical action that took place at a specific moment. That's the nature of the word actually. One moment you're down, then you're up. In between, you got up. Piper got up. That's what happened. I already got up. You clearly use the preterite here. What? I'm already up. Que? Ya me levanté. Okay, another example. Piper is talking to her ex-girlfriend who's also in jail. They hadn't seen each other in a while and Piper is telling Alex, the ex-girlfriend, about her terrible time in solitary confinement. Piper says, I was really on the brink. Now the word brink, that literally means the edge of a cliff basically. So this is not a literal sentence. Piper was in solitary, not on a cliff. This is an expression. Sometimes in Spanish, they'll use the same expression that we use and everything is fine. But more often than not, they don't. And in this case, the subtitle people did not. They went with a different translation. But the sentiment is the same, basically. I was on the brink was translated as estaba realmente desesperada. That literally means I was really desperate, which is what I was really on the brink means, basically. So I was really on the brink is estaba realmente desesperada. Estaba. That's the imperfect. Estaba is the first person singular conjugation of estar in the imperfect tense. But why did they go with the imperfect on this one? Our rule of thumb kind of works, but I have to tell you, with ser and estar, the rule of thumb is out the window. If you use the rule of thumb here, you would have maybe gotten the right answer, but it would have been luck. The real way to choose is to look at the essence of what's being said. Piper is telling a story. She's giving information generally about her stay in solitary. She was telling Alex how things were in solitary, not what happened. So you'll use the imperfect here. I was really on the brink as estaba realmente desesperada. The imperfect. Are you feeling this? If not, it's still not time to worry. You have a free practice worksheet below to really test your knowledge and show you tons of examples and we're not done in this video yet. Let's keep going here. We're in a flashback to when Piper was a kid. She saw her dad kissing a woman that was not her mom and she was upset. She's talking to an adult family member and she asks, did you know that my dad cheats on my mom? Poor girl. Okay, here's what the subtitle people did with that. Sabias que mi papa engaña a mi mamá? That's a pretty direct translation. There are two verbs in this sentence. Engaña is the third person singular conjugation of engañar but in the present tense. So that's not really our focus. We care about that sabias at the beginning there. Did you know? Sabias? Sabias is the second person singular conjugation of saber in the imperfect tense. The subtitle folks chose the imperfect here because young Piper is asking, did you know that my dad cheats on my mom? She's asking, did you know over this long period of time ending right now? It's not what happened. What happened is her dad cheated on her mom. The relative knowing or not knowing, that's how things were. She either knew the dad cheated on the mom or didn't know. Know is often used in the imperfect while learn is more often used in the preterite. You know things over a long period of time. It's how things are or were. But when you learn something, you do that at a specific moment or moments. It's what happens or happened. The rule of thumb is really not much help here. Knew, used to know, was knowing, none of those are present in our example. The rule of thumb is a nice trick at the beginning, but this is the real way to know. What message is really being conveyed? Did you know that my dad cheats on my mom? Sabias que mi papá engaña a mi mamá? Okay, I like this next example. For me, the first time I really started to get the difference between the preterite and the imperfect is when I saw them both together in the same sentence, like this quote coming up. So, Piper was being transferred to another jail. She's on an airplane now, talking to the lady next to her. The lady says, a friend of mine, she took this flight, and she said it was so long and so dry that her whole face almost cracked.
cracked open. That's a long sentence, but it's pretty simple still, and we'll break it down in a second. The translation on the subtitles was, Una amiga mia tomó este vuelo y dijo que era tan largo y tan seco que se le agrietó toda la cara. Let's focus on the first part for now. A friend of mine took this flight. Una amiga mía tomó este vuelo. That's basically a direct translation. The verb is tomó, the third person singular conjugation of tomar in the preterite tense. So they went with the preterite tense here. The rule of thumb tells us that took, that's the preterite, was taking or used to take, that would be the imperfect. But more importantly, took is clearly an action that took place at a specific moment or moments. It's what happened, not how things were. So the preterite is used. A friend of mine took this flight. Una amiga mía tomó este vuelo. Okay, before we get to the second part of this sentence, I feel bad. I lied to you. I said no irregular verbs. But as I was focusing on finding good examples for this video, I forgot or didn't even notice that dijo and era are irregular. They're so ingrained in my mind by now, I guess. So let's go over this quickly. Dijo is he said, she said, or you said formal. It's the third person singular conjugation of decir in the preterite tense. It looks so weird because it's irregular. Trust me, you get used to it fast. Then era. Era is the third person singular conjugation of ser in the imperfect tense. Again, a little weird for sure, but you get used to it fast. We're going to continue with our example in a second. All that's important is you know that dijo is he said, she said, or you said formal in the preterite tense. Dijo is the preterite. And era is he was, she was, or you were formal, or I was actually, in the imperfect tense. Era is the imperfect tense. Okay, here's the second part of the example now. And she said it was so long and so dry. That's translated to y dijo que era tan largo y tan seco. Again, a pretty direct translation, but this time we have two verbs. First, dijo. That's the third person singular form of decir in the preterite. They use the preterite here because again, the friend said, that's what happened. Use the preterite, dijo. Then the second verb in this sentence, era. That's the imperfect. Why did they go with the imperfect tense here? Because the lady is now saying how things were, how the flight was. It was so long and so dry, how things were, not what happened. Use the imperfect here. She took the flight. That's the preterite. That's what happened. Then she said. That's the preterite too. It's also what happened. But when she took the flight, the flight was so long and so dry. That's the imperfect because that's how things were, how the flight was. So a friend of mine, she took this flight and she said it was so long and so dry is una amiga mía tomó este vuelo y dijo que era tan largo y tan seco. Now the third and final part, that her whole face almost cracked open. They translated that to que se le agrietó toda la cara. This isn't an exact translation because almost cracked open, her friend's face did not literally almost crack open. It might have cracked a lot, but the whole face would never crack open exposing her bones. So the translators just went with that her whole face cracked, basically. But what we care about most right now is agrieto. That's the third person singular conjugation of agrietar in the preterite tense. I don't recall ever seeing that word until now. Cool. They went with the preterite here because her face cracking is something physical that took place on the flight. It's what happened also, not how things were. So all together, a friend of mine, she took this flight and she said it was so long and so dry that her whole face almost cracked open. Una amiga mía tomó este vuelo y dijo que era tan largo y tan seco que se le agrietó toda la cara. The friend took the flight. It's what happened. Preterite. The friend said. It's also what happened. Preterite again. The flight was so long and so dry. How things were. Imperfect. That her friend's whole face cracked. 
that's what happened, preterite. Is this clearer now, with them both together in one sentence? I hope so. Okay, one more example before we get out of here. This is a good one too. It has both the preterite and the imperfect in it. Red is the name of a lady who used to be the boss of the kitchen before the Latinas took over. So the Latinas are talking amongst themselves and one says, a few weeks ago, she said Red could eat. They're talking about the new Latina boss. She said Red, the old boss, could eat. That's nice of her. So again, a few weeks ago, she said Red could eat. That's translated as, hace unas semanas dijo que la roja podía comer. What we mainly care about right now is the dijo and podía. Dijo is the third person singular conjugation of decir in the preterite. A few weeks ago, the boss lady said, that's what happened. Use the preterite. Dijo. Then podía. That's the third person singular conjugation of poder or to be able to in the imperfect tense. It's in the imperfect tense because it's how things were. Red was able to eat for the last few weeks and from here on out, use the imperfect. So hace unas semanas dijo que la roja podía comer. Do you feel that? Dijo is what happened. Podía is how things were. Okay, that's it for this lesson. I really hope the whole preterite versus imperfect thing is much clearer now. I have to warn you, there are some examples that get a little confusing. For me, when it's confusing, almost always, ser and a star are involved. If you really want to master this subject, there are two things you can do. Number one, like always, there's a free practice worksheet below. Download that practice worksheet and do it. The answer key is also provided. There are 25 more examples from Orange is the New Black on that free practice worksheet. But if you're really serious, you should enroll in Verb Conjugation Bootcamp Past Tense Edition. Not only do I cover all the irregulars in that course, but there's a whole module called Life Lessons featuring four videos just like this one. And each video has a practice worksheet with over 100 Orange is the New Black quotes. That's over 400 quotes from the show. In fact, I just got this email the other day after a student finished that module. I feel a billion times better with the differences between imperfect and preterite, and my Spanish friends have complimented me recently on that exact modification in my speech lately. There are so many little things I want to tell you and so many more examples I want to show you, but we just don't have time today. But in that course, we do have the time, and I show you everything. So download the free practice worksheet below, and then if you like what you see and you're serious about this Spanish thing, enroll in Verb Conjugation Bootcamp Past Tense Edition, and you'll be throwing out the correct past tense conjugations at the correct time in no time. The irregulars, ser, estar, everything. But no matter what, I'll see you next time. Hasta luego. Adios, amigo. Yeah.